Welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined today by my producer and co-host. Brighter Leader. Hey, guys. And today we're talking to a uh, political figure by the name of Jacob Wool. For those of you that are familiar with Jacob Wool, and I, I find it very difficult to believe that too many of you aren't familiar with Jacob Wool. Um, he's been involved in politics for several years now. Um, and I just want to introduce Jacob Wool to the show. Welcome, Jacob. Well, it's great to be here, guys. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Um, before we go into the in-depth into the interview, I just want to ask real quick, and if you don't want to answer the question, you don't have to. Uh, I realize it's, you know, it's a side issue. But I've noticed that you've, you've switched and you have your own YouTube channel, your own YouTube show now. Um, and uh, have you, hmm, how do I word this? So I'm not asking you to tell, any, tell me anything you don't want to tell me, but as far as... Um, did you leave uh, Gavin McGinnis's broadcast system because of the alleged FBI hoax? Um, no, actually, my my plans to leave uh, date back to a, a month earlier. And in fact, I announced it uh, before whatever it was that happened happened. And I really don't know anything about what happened is, is the truth of the matter. Um, when I saw the video, uh, the first thing that I did is log into Pacer, which for people who, who don't know, is the uh, basically it's it's the system that's distributed throughout the various federal courts. And you have one account, but it allows you to log into all the different courts and search whatever records are publicly available in the federal courts. And so I logged into there and I said, well, you know, was Gavin arrested? Has an indictment been unsealed? Because you're not arrested on a sealed indictment that hasn't been unsealed, save for maybe a few hours beforehand in extreme instances because of time zone differences or something. And so, um, and there was no arrest there. And I uh, figured out how to search the New York courts and there's no, there were no arrests there. Um, so then I figured, well, maybe called in for questioning. I, I just didn't know. I texted people, including uh, Ryan, who was at the, who was on site, presumably. And I, I didn't hear anything back. Um, actually, he was the, I should be more clear. He was the only one. I, I didn't text other people associated with the network, just him. Gotcha. And I didn't hear back. So um, I really don't know what the situation is. I myself have, have uh, orchestrated a hoax uh, previously to have my uh, business partner, Jack Berkman's home raided by the FBI. I recall. Um, it was done for the purposes of showing how fake the Washington Post is. Um, it was a different sort of scenario. And they reported that he was in fact raided by the FBI when he was not. And then their headlines kept changing. And then eventually they had to admit that, that we fooled them. Right. Right. Yeah. They had to, had to come clean on that once they realized that the FBI agents were actually actors. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't sure if, uh, if, if you knew anything about what, uh, what Gavin McGinnis had done, um, apparently one of his associates came out and said that, uh, you know, revealed text messages and, and said that Gavin McGinnis was actually on vacation and uh, that it was all just a hoax. So, yeah, well, I mean, what I'll say is uh, really what, what motivated my move to uh, do my own show. It's something I've been pondering for a while. The Jacob Wool show is just what, what it's called now. It's available on YouTube and wherever people listen to podcasts. What motivated that was that, uh, Number one, I, the show needed to be at least twice a week. 
and it now is because it's just too hard to follow the news. And then you have to imagine I'm, I'm writing a show throughout the week and it's, and it comes out, it's, you know, switched between Sundays and Mondays and it used to be Saturdays, I think long ago. And, and it's just, it's too hard to write the show. And then a new story comes up and then maybe I still do want to talk about a different story that I already wrote up, but now everybody's already reacted to it. And so it's kind of stale. It's just too hard to do it once a week for, for the kind of format that it is. It has to be at least twice a week and it is twice a week now um, is every Monday and Thursday. And they're just, yeah, I, I, I watched part of it. The well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I watched part of it. I, I noticed you said it was going to be every Tuesday or was it every Thursday and Tuesday, something like that. Uh, yeah, every every Monday and, and Thursday. And, Monday uh, and Thursday. Yeah, 2 p.m. live on, on YouTube as long as they'll have me, and uh, which you never know. And, and other places uh, are going to be coming online, too, as far as the stream. Just takes some time to get those up and running. And it, it is slowly, with the first episode now being out, populating into the podcast apps. I just saw it was on Apple Podcasts. So it should be out there. And uh, the other part of it was, though, that motivated me is that there are certain, you know, great things that you can do with a paywall and the censored.tv audience is great. They're loyal. Uh, they're numerous. And uh, there's, there's utility in that, in the sense that you're not dependent on other platforms and things like that. The, the, the downside though, the, the weakness is that, man, do I have some punchy lines on my show from time to time? And, and they don't get, uh, they don't get out there in the way that I know so many of them could, it's like, man, this would be a video with 140,000 views on TikTok that when somebody posts it and just doesn't get that kind of exposure. And, and to me, I looked at what I was making with censored, which is remains an undisclosed amount and, sure. and what I could make, I think by growing the audience and the public. And I just thought that, that there could be besides money, a lot of benefits by having the show out there without a paywall. Yeah, it's the, the it's a double edged sword. One is is that yeah. you, you you know you get to be behind the paywall, you make money that way. But the other thing is is that you don't get as much exposure. Right, right, and 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 that's absolutely correct. And and the other thing that I know, having done podcasts, having done various projects over the years, is that uh, the audience will support you. Uh, and people have different names for this. Some people call it value for value. Other people have other names. Some people call it a tip jar whatever the nomenclature is, the audience will support you more and more. Uh, and so even with Predator DC not having sold to a network, the other program I do, uh, we've had tremendous support from the audience, tremendous support. And so that, you know, will keep you going. So um, the other two people that I, I know that you've been associated with is um, – Laura Loomer and uh, Ali Alexander. Do you still have any connection with them or? Oh yeah. They... I, they're good friends. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's see. And I was looking over some of your, like your, basically your life story and uh, you have a very interesting life story. I mean, one of the things that you said, and I don't know if you were embellishing or if, if this was an actual case um, is that you, uh, you had a trading accomplishment at eight years old. you, you short uh, you shorted uh, five shares of uh, SPY. Yeah, when I was when I was eight. Yeah, I, I screwed around in the stock market as a kid. Um, gotcha. There were some fun things going on at the time, uh, as far as as far as the markets go, and and uh, two thousand eight and the like. Just little things that you could do as a kid. You could screw around, and it made it fun. In right. the same sense that people mess around with Bitcoin now, or they screw around with GameStop or something. 
uh, I mean, the things that used to go on with Motorola and M&A activity and the stuff in 08 where, you know, the government comes out and they say we're going to back the stock and not the debt, which is unbelievable. Nobody's ever done anything like that. Just reorganize the capital structure with a stroke of a pen. All of that, all of that activity was uh, was very fun to just get engaged, just just get engaged with the markets if that was your thing. Right, right. Now I know you started a hedge fund at uh, what seventeen? Uh, yep, yep. And uh, sixteen, seventeen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seventeen, and uh, you were called at the time, and I, I don't know if you came up with this name or someone else did, but the Wool of Wall Street, um, kind of like yeah, play on my football coach Street. came up with the name. Yeah, he actually the football coach came up with the name. Coach Brandon was his name. He was actually the, uh, I think he was the, the offensive line coach. But they all kind of coached all the positions. I didn't play offensive line, obviously, but they all coached us, and uh, he came up with that 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 term. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you know. You, obviously, you've accomplished quite a bit, especially for your age. I mean, you're only 24 years old. I mean, you know, that's not that young now at this point. But you started out really early. Um, now there, but there have been people who have tried to throw mud on you. Obviously, anybody that's successful, especially successful at a young age people are going to make disparaging remarks. Um, someone had said that that you were responsible for, uh, and I, I, I think this is a very, very, you know, a very harsh comment to make. There was apparently a, uh, an investor of yours that was, his name was David Charles Dietrich. And um, he they claimed that he committed suicide because of, uh, of you know, some kind of a mix up with money that he had invested with you, $75,000. Um, I, to say that that was the cause of his suicide seems like a stretch to me. No, you, it, have... you know what it is? It especially seems like a stretch when his suicide note that he left, which they pretend didn't exist, comes out in discovery. And all of a sudden it turns out, uh, no, had nothing to do with it. The guy's a multi, multi-millionaire with millions and millions of dollars in liquid assets. Took a... <laughs> however much percent of drawdown on an, on a particularly aggressive account that he wanted a side separate account that was especially ah. aggressive goes in, commits suicide, leaves a note and says very particularly that the reason he was doing that is because he had uh, an ailment that had progressed um, a, a, a health a situation, a cancer of some kind, and that the pain from the cancer was the guy smoked 12 packs of cigarettes a day or so was so bad that that's why he was doing what he did. And there was this note and everyone knew on their side of the table that uh, any investment he made with me or anything, his money had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Uh, but the, these Democrats that uh, happened to occupy this particular DA's, DA's office tried to smear me with that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people trying to claim that uh, that, that that was the source of the suicide, and so complete, I felt complete, I felt a complete I, smear campaign by these by these uh, leftist prosecutors who who tried to basically present that as being the case. Oh, and yeah, by the I, way, and by the way, the charges they brought had nothing to do with that. By the way, that's right, the other right. part. The SEC completely investigated the entire operation, head to toe. And they came out after spending millions of dollars on forensic accountants, and they said uh, there were no grounds for enforcement action. The, the charges out of Riverside stem from the fact that uh, a couple of, uh, of, of investigators from that DA's office 
decided that what they wanted to do was launch a sting operation. And right. so what they do is that they set up, so it has nothing to do with this gentleman in Arizona at all. They set up a sting operation. They uh, basically pose as being, of all things, interested in investing in real estate because that's this, this undercover uh, investigator had some experience in real estate, I guess. He had done a few real estate deals or something. So they say they're interested in real estate. Um, I never talked to them. They, they meet with my uh, former business partner, who's 10 years my senior. They, they draw him out to Riverside to build jurisdiction out to a county 70 miles away. They meet with him uh, as a real estate investment at a meeting I'm not at and have nothing to do with, by the way. And then the meeting happens. That's that, you know, okay. Well, then three years later, on the day that the statute of limitations runs out, they then file charges and claim that they were offered an unregistered security, you know, and then it turns out, well, they were actually discussing real estate. So then they say, well, uh, maybe, uh, no, actually, we should file attempted grand theft. And then it's like, well, there's no indication anybody wanted to steal anything. So then they say, well, uh, then maybe it was uh, uh, contract misrepresentation. You know, it's just a, it's a complete hack job. It's just unbelievable. And, and, and it's just I think it's the first instance in U.S. history where somebody's charged uh, in a sting operation that they weren't at and had nothing to do with. Well, yeah, accusing someone of being responsible for somebody's suicide is a you know, pretty... No, they just mentioned that in the complaint. That's not, it has nothing to do with their charges. They just mentioned that. No, no, no. I know it's not nothing to do with their charges, but there was there were people that were... There were different uh, reporters and different yeah. uh, political pundits that were, were trying to say that the, the two were connected. And right. so that's and why their, I, I, I mean, felt... To, that, to their defense, I, they, they yeah. just went on what was in this complaint that was slapped together by these prosecutors who engaged in rank corruption by um, not mentioning that they knew. If they're going to mention that, why not mention that they know that, oh, by the way, he left a note and was very clear that it had nothing to do with any money. It would had to do with his health. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So at age 19, um, you entered into politics. Is that right around, right around 2017? Yeah, because what happened was I was... Uh, I, I had a, uh, a get together at my home and I met um, this guy who was kind of interesting to me, who people know as Baked Alaska or Tim Giannette. And he was there. He had, he was a friend of a friend, I guess. And he was there and he said, you know, you ought to do this thing tweeting. You, you'd be very good at this. And I said, well, you know, maybe I'll give it a sort of towards the end of the election cycle. Now, I was kind of loosely involved in politics in fact, uh, throughout the 2016 cycle. I appeared on uh, CNN a couple dozen times and HLN and uh, as a sort of a, the young Trump supporter is what I was cast as. And so I was, I was kind of the young surrogate for the campaign and did that. And my father was a surrogate for the campaign in a more general capacity, mostly on Fox News. And so I did some of that, but I didn't tweet. I wasn't online. I got online. And then what happens is come middle of 2017 at a time when Trump doesn't retweet anybody besides maybe the vice president or the secretary of state or the white house account, he starts retweeting me. And then everybody's saying, well, who's this guy that Trump's retweeting? This is interesting. So that's, I was kind of, it kind of happened very serendipitously really. Mm. Now you had something called the, the Washington reporter website. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. The Washington reporter was a, website that was going to complement uh, basically a, a podcast that I was doing at the time. And, and that's what it did. Uh, in all the time that I 
wrote for that site, I think that maybe the one notable thing that stands out to me was because a lot of it was just chasing stories other people were covering. But but the one thing I think I, I revealed originally was the identity of the FISA judge that signed off on uh, these various FISA warrants that took place throughout the Trump campaign against Carter Page and others, uh, a, a judge named Rudy Contreras. And to that point, nobody even knew the identities of any members of the FISA court, save for John Roberts, who as the chief justice serves as kind of an administrative member of, of, of the FISA court. So they knew that, but otherwise nobody knew. And the other one, well, I guess there's one more. The other one that stands out for me is I identified somebody by the name of Stefan Halper and, and Zero Hedge gave me credit for this. And, and the, the reason I found out is I went digging through DOD contracts because a lot of these spook types will have DOD contracts. They route the contract through DOD to keep it hidden. Maybe it's actually a CIA contract or an FBI contract, but they route it through DOD. Mm. Um, so now I know that at what point did you become um, partner? At what point did you partner up with uh, Jack Berkman? Because I know Jack Berkman was involved in a lot of politics and different things before he met you. And then it seemed like you guys somehow got together and teamed up. What was the, what brought you two together? Well, what brought us together is that I was running a private investigative firm on the West coast um, called Surefire Intelligence. And, and despite many of the media's claims that it had, it had existed, uh, you know, long before they claim it didn't it existed back to like mid 17. Uh, Jack Bergman became one of my clients through a referral. A guy I'd worked with was knew his wife or then fiance, and we got connected and we started working together. He became my biggest client very quickly, working on some things related to the tail end of the Seth Rich affair. And uh, from there, you know, he said, you ought to get into the lobbying business. It's a better business than private investigations. And boy, is it. It's still a blue collar business, I'd say, but it's a hell of a lot less blue collar than PI work. Um, and, and, and a much better business. So I kind of got into that and, and then we had various other things we did together. Okay. And, uh, so I know that, uh, I know that, uh, you know, like you, you, you know, you ran your fire intelligence agency or not agency, but organization. Um, now I know that some of the things you've done, um, could be considered, um, political shenanigans, um, and I, I don't think you deny that, do you? Uh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what to say about the term shenanigans. I mean, I've, I've well, well let me give you, let me get, yeah, let me give you a couple of examples. Some of the accusations you've made, say, against um, uh, some of the political figures, um, let's just pull a name out, uh, Fauci. Uh, I'm not a fan of Fauci. I don't like Fauci. But, you know, to say that he was, uh, that he had, you know, sexually assaulted someone. And to have someone pretend to be the sexual assault victim. I mean, I understand I want to defeat the liberals really bad. I think that the liberals are are destroying our country. I think they pose a much bigger threat than Islamic terrorism or any other possible threat in the world. I really do. I, th I think they're a cancer on our society. But I, I just don't want to become them to destroy them. You know what I mean? Well, let me zoom out to it. Let me give you a different angle on this because, sure. you know, we, you, we, we could go incident by incident or allegation right. by allegation. And, 
And some of the allegations made against me are just absolutely made up. Like I, I remember reading an article one day. There was a time when the, the, the series of left-wing blogs would write an article a day about me, whether there was any new news to report or not. And sometimes they just make stuff up. And so there's one that said, I worked for this guy named Omar Navarro and threatened his girlfriend or something. And I said, who, who claimed that? They said, oh, his, his ex-girlfriend. I said, well, you know, what proof did she give you? And they said, she gave us their texts to her, threatening her. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is this? And she, you know, had some fake text app. She photoshopped some texts together. And, uh, and it was my number that had been deactivated for like two years. Right. And, and it, like, and, and these, but the worst part is these reporters knew that number was no good and they still ran the story. So some of it's just fake, but, but on the, on the, on the meta level, I would, I would put it this way. You have the me too era. Right. Democrats begin to mobilize me too in mass uh, to, uh, to take on anyone they perceive as an enemy, even something as simple as somebody who is a CEO they don't like, who didn't donate enough that year. I mean, it gets really out of control. And it, and it crescendos, I would say, into this fever pitch with uh, what happened with Brett Kavanaugh. That's when it crescendos into an absolute fever pitch of lunacy. And then Avenatti joins in, and then it becomes gang rape, and then it's just out of control. And so I say, well, that we're going to do that. We're going to play the me too game. Let's play the me too game because this phenomenon is at such a fever pitch that any stick you throw in the river, so to speak, the river is rushing so quickly that it's going to rush down the river. Uh, the, the news cycle is, is flowing at a, at a speed and intensity that, that means uh, that it will get picked up. And so that operation comes to the fore. A woman says that she was molested by Mueller. She has a friend in New York well, not, 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 yeah, not, 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 not Mueller. I'm talking about Fauci. Well, that's, that's, that's much later. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that what I think we may have done yeah. is we may have taken the teeth out of the Me Too movement. We may have been the people that stopped the Salem witch trials in progress by saying uh, we need to, to, it turns out the witches have infiltrated the court and we need to burn the court now. And, well, we and, and, and I completely, I completely, and I completely understand that, and I completely understand your motivation, and I think your motivation is laudable. I really do. I think it's a good thing that you're trying to destroy the left. The left needs to be destroyed. The only qualm I have is the tactics. Now, when it comes to uh, her name is, I believe, Diana uh, Adrade. I'm probably saying that wrong, but you, you, and and uh, and your partner Jack Berkman. And, and uh, this woman called into a radio show, I believe. And she stated openly on the radio show that you told her to lie. Do you have anything to say about that? Do you I think any, she any... changed her story again after that. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to look back at it. But Well, for, well she re actually recorded a phone call between you and her. You, not you and her. You and her and uh, Jack Burkett. And you were, you were actually you, you, had, you were saying some things during the phone call. So, I, I mean, I'm not trying to do a gotcha interview. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, all I'm saying is, is that I definitely want to defeat the left. But, you know, if, if the enemy rapes your sister, you don't go and rape their sister. You know what I mean? There's got to be, if we become them, then we've lost all, you know, we've lost all purpose. So where do you, what, what's your system for 
uh, delineating which tactics are inbounds and which tactics are not. I, I, I try to stick with honesty. I, I, w- I would love for things to be exposed that are real because what happens is if you expose so many things and they turn out to be nonsense, you know, excuse part of my French, but bullshit. What happens is, is that you destroy our credibility, your credibility. And then they, it, the, when the real things happen, when they, when they real, when the, when the real conspiracies happen and the real shenanigans get played out, people say, well, this is just another, this is just another tactic. Okay. But let me posit this to you. Sure. You have the you have the the left obviously at all levels, the media, Hollywood, the healthcare establishment, the public health establishment, the pharmaceutical establishment, the tech establishment, the uh, tech establishment insofar as the online tech world, and even right down to the hardware makers, right, and the back end people against you. And so, if you come out with pure sanctimony and pure gravitas and pure truth, not only are they still going to call it false misinformation, this or the other, but they will do so even more quickly. They will do so even more quickly, even more vociferously. They will ban you even more quickly than they'll ban someone else. So I, I guess so what I'm you, saying you is- have, do... you, have to remember, yeah. you have to remember that, that your system for telling the truth uh, is, I think, a- uh, is a is a laudable system, but it is one which confronts that okay, you say the truth. Well, what exactly do you mean by the truth? Because it's the truth to you, but it isn't the truth to the New York Times. It's not the truth to M- NBC, ABC, to Facebook, to Google, to Twitter, to Amazon, AWS, who's going to ban Parler. So you ha- you have to bear that in mind i think is is an important thing and, and and i don't know precisely where that plays into the the matrix of what's inbound and what's not inbounds as far as all of this but it is an important consideration so let me ask a very blunt question if that's the case if this is the position you're taking what is the difference between jacob wool ali alexander and michael avenatti What's the difference between so those three? I don't I don't know where to I don't know where to draw the. You're talking about three different people. I mean, Avenatti is a thug for one thing. Uh, right, but I'm I, saying he, I he uses. I took him down per, personally. Right, when nobody right. else would. When nobody else would, by the way, because right, he had a lot of resources and a lot of backing. People forget that. They yeah, quickly forget that Avenatti was the front runner in the 2020. Primary. But Jacob, he was doing this. He's doing this. He was doing the same things that you're doing. I don't think so. I don't think well, so at all. Okay, well, give me give me the material difference. Show me what, what the difference is. Okay, well, let's take the fact that in the last year, I've busted over 100 pedophiles uh, who have come for dates with underage teens. And okay. I don't remember Avenatti doing anything like that. I remember. Oh, that's excellent. That's I remember excellent. him. I remember him ripping off paraplegics for four or five million bucks. I remember of him course. ripping off a makeup girl who sold her company through him, unfortunately, and he just stole all the money, $28 million or something. So I, I, I think there's a huge difference. He's a horrible person. And if you took down pedophiles, that's that's wonderful. That's it. That's, you but can't it, but it sort of it sort of gets into this, right? I, I wouldn't want a guy like you, for example, overseeing the command of, say, SEAL Team 6 or something. 
Well, that's because a different you, situation. I think you would turn them into a bunch of Boy Scouts. No, 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 and not then, at all. And then what not would happen all. is you you are dealing with brutal savages on the other side. No, if I had my way, Jacob, if I had my way, we would go back to fighting the way we did during World War II. In World War II, when we caught when we caught insurgents and we caught uh, espionage spies in the field, we did what we called field ex executions. Some of them used the guillotine, some of them used, some of them hung them, and some of them just lined them up in front of a wall and shot them. And we should maybe just be clear so this timestamp isn't, you know, taken out that you're talking about fighting Nazis in World War II. We should just, yes. you know, because people quickly uh, draw analogies where we don't. We're not I got, I got you. I got you. But that. that's how we fought. Now we're trying to fight a, a kinder, gentler, politically correct war. And that's not how you win wars. War is ugly. War is brutal. But we're not talking about war right now. We're talking about politics. And that's, I, that's a completely different situation. It's a war, but it's not, it's not a war. It's not, I'm going to kill you, you're going to kill me. It's not that kind of war. Okay, so let, let's just draw these. Down. You take issue with, say, the accusation that was made this woman against Anthony Fauci. Okay, fair enough. And no, 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 no. I don't, I don't take issue. I don't take issue. Jacob, no, no, I, don't, but, I do not. I don't take issue but, with that. My question to you is, and it's a very simple question. Or, or it's, let's it's say you take issue no, with some of the well, tactics well, that surrounded it. Well, no, no, just, no. Can, no, I well, my, let me, let me, can I finish yeah, the let, analogy well, let me, let, me, let me clarify the question so that you know what you're addressing. My question is, and it's very simple, and you don't have to answer. I'm, I'm not holding a gun to your head. Did you tell her to lie? That's really, no, that's really no. what it all boils down to. No, no, no. Um, no, I didn't. And here's, here's what I will tell you. So let's say you take issue with the context that surrounds that might surround that or might not. Okay. Yes. On the other hand, you view, I would presume, the Hunter Biden laptop as being something of uh, legitimate provenance. But what's the well, difference yeah. between those two things? Well, the as Hunter Biden. The, the media? Well, the, the Hunter laptop uh, was was a real scandal. He should be put in prison. I hope he will be. He he definitely won't be, because nobody of any real substance ever goes to prison. But those are legal questions. From a political standpoint, what's the difference? Oh, there is no difference. They're covering up the laptop right, because they're going to say it's fake you, either way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Exactly. Way. Him doing what he did, and you doing what you did. Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, the media doing what they did, covering the laptop up, and you doing what you did with this girl and and Fauci. And again, I'm not a Fauci fan, but those two things are 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 to me very similar, if not the same. I'm not saying what they're doing is right. Both can be true. I can say that I'm not happy with your tactics, and I'm not happy with their tactics. Can't both be true? If I may, do you view politics as basically in a realm of post-truth where people are basically drawn by emotion and that's it, and there's really no substance to it either way? No, no, I'm not. I'm not one of these Foucault followers or some postmodernist or French existentialist or anything like that. Uh, what I do believe that is, is that you're playing on a playing field now where you can unambiguously score a first down and the referees who come in the form as big tech, the media, et cetera, are going to say that wasn't a completion, just wasn't. And you can show the instant replay and you can show it from 10 different angles and they're going to say, no, that's Russian disinformation. That's a deep fake. So that's the world that, that you're dealing with. And I don't think that conservatives have have yet recognized that in mass and come to terms with it. Can, can I say, and, and this is going to sound a bit hypocritical on my side, and I, I admit that, I, I, I can see that. 
but can I say that, so there's you and there's Roger Stone. The difference is this, is that, and, and again, I, I don't mean this to be, you know, I'm not trying to be too critical. But the difference is, is that he is very artful at what he does. He knows how to make it come across. He knows how to make it convincing. He knows how to orchestrate it in a way that, that it doesn't come off as silly. But some of those press conferences, I watched some of your press conferences. I watched some of the, the, the actors that you employed to, to be part of these press conferences. One girl you used twice, one to sing the anthem and, and another to be a, a victim. Those two, those two, you know, if you're going to do it, I mean, if you can't do it to where it actually makes sense and it doesn't destroy your credibility, why do it? It just hurts everybody on our side, I think. I don't think it has to do with sides at all. I think it's about destroying the format of running a stooge. Because right now, the Democrats can't run a stooge. Republicans can't run a stooge. No matter what the case is now, thanks to me, whether these things are true, false, somewhere in the middle, thanks to me, we no longer live in a world where a Supreme Court justice is going to have a Christine Blasey Ford and a gang rape allegation because everybody's going to ask the question, is Jacob Bull going to emerge from the back of the podium now? And the format of the stooge operation in politics, which has existed for a long time, by the way, with Gary Hart, that was a stooge operation. It was easier to, to, to get away with the stooge operation in the days before the Internet and camera phones, etc. So the format is now destroyed. And that is a huge positive for the country. You can't run a stooge anymore. Can't do it. Well, is your point, I, I'm confused on this because uh, I guess in some sense it seems like you're, you're conceding that a lot of it's uh, stooge worthy, but I'm wondering if you say that they can't run a stooge, does that mean that you're going to stop, I guess, what the, some people view as kind of pernicious antics? Well, what do you guys think of Predator DC? Do you think that's pernicious antics? Well, is that the is that the one where you said it's? Uh, I'm actually I'm not uh, totally familiar with this. Is that is that where you said that you exposed a bunch of pedophiles? Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you think that's pernicious antics? Because I mean, I don't know when a teacher goes to jail who's molested over 300 children and he's standing naked in our living room. I mean, what is your allegation? Is he not well, I guess the, the actual teacher? Is he not the actual person? I mean, what's the well, well exactly. What's but the problem I, with that? I understand what you're saying there, but I would say that it seems like a lot of these accusations where you said hundreds where it seems like you explicitly catch them red-handed. And I guess my question would be, what happens in another case where, let's say it's not explicit and let's say there's there's some ambiguity as to what happened and then the media posits, oh, well, this Jacob Wohl is involved. So how can we trust that he, he he's, he's claiming that someone's- It's, it's, totally, it's totally non-ambiguous because they there's a clear paper trail that's saved with a forensic law enforcement break program. There's tapes of them on the phone with the decoy acknowledging that she's underage. And then there's the video of them walking into the home and doing whatever they do, bringing dildos, bringing sex toys, bringing whatever they're bringing, booze, drugs, ketamine, pot, coke, meth, to molest an underage teen. In some cases, bringing a kill kit to kill the underage teen. And so there's nothing ambiguous about that at all. Now, if you talk about, you know, uh, most child molestation cases are not brought as the result of sting operations. They're brought as the result of a kid telling a story. And that's very tough because it's hard to put an eight-year-old on the on a stand in court. It's it's always difficult. So those are not things that I'm involved in whatsoever, obviously, because I don't go around interviewing kids, asking them if their softball coach molested them. That's the, that's not my job or my role. What we do, however, do is we put decoys online, posing as underage teens, complete with their high school IDs, complete with a cover story that's impenetrable even by the most sophisticated people, 
I mean, we, we busted a federal judge who resigned from the bench, Scott Bain. I mean, that's real. That's not, there's no, there's no debate about whether he's still on the federal bench or not. But Jacob, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad you're doing those things. What, what, what I'm trying to get through to you, and I, you're a smart guy. I know you have to see what I'm saying, is that the other things that you do that aren't as, as straightforward and up, up, you know, upfront and honest hurts your credibility, no matter how good the things you are, you're doing are. And, and the things you're talking about are very good. Things, but when, every, when everything people hear, you do, everything you do has a, has a positive or negative effect on, on your credibility. You know, well, you want to have how, a positive, how late you how 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 late you, you know, paid your credit card last month would be viewed as a derogatory on a security clearance uh, review. I mean, everything can what magazines you subscribe to, everything can have a major, minor, positive, negative impact. Well, not to the same degree. Not to but, the same. But degree. what I would say is that all of the things that I did leading up to Predator DC, all of the various uh, activities, the ones that I was accused of, the ones that I actually did, the ones that I didn't do. They uniquely prepared me to do Predator DC, uniquely prepared me. And how can I say that nothing else would have prepared me to do Predator DC? The fact that no one's, no one else is doing it. Okay. The Fairfax County PD just tried to run a similar sting here in Northern Virginia. They spent $4.4 million and they caught six day laborers. So I, I guess I got to be honest with you. I, I, I you know, the, I I don't know a whole lot about Predator DC. I really don't. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak on Predator DC because I really just don't know. Uh, if you say it's true, I believe it's true. I'm going to take your word for it. I would hope that whatever you've done in the past. Or well, that's just past, strange. You know, why, why is it that you can do deep research as it relates to all these other things, but you went with Predator DC, it's just like you throw up your arms and say, well, I don't know. What, what uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I assume you're telling the truth. I assume that you're not the type of person that would go far enough to lie about something like that. That would be, that would probably be your, your worst one ever if that was a lie. So I don't think you would do something like that. I'm going to take your word for it. Well, one, I, one, I, I just don't think you, you would. can't do when, when you're talking about non-public figures. Uh, in the world, see, the world of politics is one in which, Unfortunately, one, I mean, and I've been on the, both sides, you know, I've, I've been on the, the other side of this coin. People have said I've been on one side, but I've been on the other side many times. When you are a public figure, when you're unambiguously public figure uh, in the United States of America, very different in the UK, um, you essentially can't sue for defamation and libel. You basically right. can't. OK, if you did, I mean, by the time you ever found a judge who would go your way on it, you would have already exhausted millions of dollars and gone broke in terms of the legal fees. So just sure. for all intents and purposes, you can't. Okay, that's one world. However, when you are a non-public figure and you are the subject of defamation or libel, particularly if that defamation or libel comes from a public figure or a entity that may as well be a public figure, a la CNN, the Washington Post, Elon Musk, Alex boy, Jones. Oh boy, can you be? Yeah, you can be sued in a hurry, and you will have, the, as 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 um, ardent as the law is in, in one direction on one side of it, it is equally extreme, if not more, in the other direction when it comes to then having uh, uh, somebody who's a non-public figure libeled. And when it comes to Predator DC, I can say that um, three seasons of the show taped. Uh, we're approaching a hundred. It's just under a hundred. 
that we busted in person at the sting house. And there were a few where the stuff was so bad we could bust them without them actually visiting because the, the degree to which they had, like this judge sent dick pics from his chambers. Wow. I mean, some of it's so bad that you, you could bust them either way. They've already committed numerous felonies just by transmitting the lewd images to, a, to somebody they believe to be a minor. Um, but none of them have, uh, have sued us. Now, some of them might, you may get somebody who's just nuts and just tries to do that. Like some of them tried to get like restraining orders against us, which was absolutely bizarre and they got denied and things like this, but uh, it's just, you may get one. And so that's not to say that, that, that that's the end all be all, but it is an indication that, you know, when you, when you have a guy like Scott Mexic, who we busted, he's a, a former uh, CIA case officer, got into investment banking um, or operations officer, I think was his technical, his title got into investment banking. He's a Republican. Okay. It's gone both ways. We busted Republicans and Democrats, member of the national Republican lawyers association. And he's comes to the home. It's a 15 year old girl. He's 64 years old. He's got dildos. He's got drugs. He's got balloons. He's got wine and cheese. And I mean, you name it. I said, this is a guy of tremendous resources who, you know, if we had done anything that was remotely not by the book, um, he could obviously sue us and crush us in court. Yeah, but of we course. Buy the book. I mean, it's a really a by the book operation because when you're dealing with non-public figures, it has got to be. And in fact, I will tell you when, when we're running these sting operations and we are even a little bit, if there's even just one degree of uncertainty, like there, there's been instances where a guy's coming to the sting house for the date and we're like scrambling, we're putting the clipboard together and we're, you know, highlighting the, best hit, you know, text messages and we're pulling the research report on their job and all that stuff and what they do as that's happening. And, and they say to me like, you know, okay, so did he acknowledge that she was 15 on video or, or on a video call on a phone call in the text where, where most, if they can't find it, there's been instances where like there was a, it was a phone call. They couldn't find it quickly enough. I said, I said, just tell them you, you're, you're vomiting and cut them loose. Right. So there's even been a few that, that I, I know they were, we, we had them and we just couldn't find the damn thing quickly enough. And, I wasn't even willing to take the 1% risk. Uh, so the, the, the Predator DC thing is wonderful. It is wonderful. And, and I hope you keep up the good work. I really do. But there are a lot of people would say that, you know, that you jump from, like, say, from a very young age, that you jump from scam to scam to scam to scam to scam, trying to draw attention and trying to make a name for yourself. And I... I <sighs> Predator I mean, DC I, I, hasn't drawn very much attention. The media is not very. No, it hasn't. I, I have. I haven't even heard of it. I heard of it. I, I heard of it just today. I recently. Guys, you know what? You, you know what you need to do. Like we, what we have to do actually here is we, and you have to at least watch the the trailer for it because we. I mean, I don't see how we can talk around it if you have zero familiarity. I'll I'll show well, you the link I, to the trailer. And I, I, we'll I'm taking. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Let's just do that because it's it's it's. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob I I don't I don't even want to talk about the predator see anymore. I take your word for it. I'm completely taking your word for it. No, no, but and, don't and take my word for it. No, no. Well, I'm going to send you the link. Second. Watch the trailer and then we'll come well, let back. Me, okay? let, let me say that. We're going to. Well, let me let me say this to you. Before he okay, he he hung up. Okay. I, I don't know. Is is he going to come back? I'm not quite sure. I he says he he says he's going to send me a link to the the predator DC and he'll come back. So he doesn't want to continue the 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 interview is what it, is the bottom line, and he is he's jump he jumps from scam to scam to scam to scam to scam. He's just he's he's another Ali Alexander. I'm sorry, he's another he's he's another Ali Alexander. Uh, the only difference between him and Ali Alexander 
is he hasn't convicted convicted of a felony yet, as far as I know. That's well, the thing... only difference. And he says, "Well, I'll send you a link, and you can watch the trailer to the uh, to my uh, Predator thing in DC, and then we can come back." Well, the thing that I'm confused—he's about... sending it to me now. I'm not going to go watch that. I'm not going to go watch that. Well, the thing I'm he... confused about if I may really quickly, because he seems to say yeah. it's almost like he's defending the past stuff he's done because he said at one point, this prepared me for what I'm doing now with predator DC, which I, I'm not quite sure what exactly that means. You know, is, is it, are you trying to say that uh, what you did uh, wasn't unfounded or uh, unethical because it helps you with yeah. pedophiles and there it goes, or is he saying that, uh, Oh, it wasn't a, what I did wasn't a shifty whatsoever. It, it seems like there's, there's some sort of like kind of weird game. On, let me, uh, let me, let me send him a message. So he says he's going to ping back in. Let me after I watch it. You have to watch it really quickly. Um, no, I don't want to watch it real quickly. I, I couldn't give a rat's ass less about his stupid uh, show. He's trying to derail the the interview. Is what he's trying to do. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I'll send you. Oh, hold on. Join link after I watch it. Well, it says that it says here the trailer on his on his YouTube. It says that it's thirty minutes long. Thirty minutes. Uh, what does what does he expect us to do here? The trailer's thirty minutes. Long. The trailer's thirty minutes long. It says the pilot episode for it, which I'm not quite sure if that's what he's. Oh no, he just said watch. No, he just said watch the trailer. Okay, okay, okay I'll send you a join link after I watch it. Uh, let's see. Is I'm letting everybody hear hear what I'm telling him. Is it okay for me to broadcast the audio of the trailer? watch it okay we'll let him if he gets back to me and says yes then we'll watch it and we'll listen to it on air and if he doesn't get back to me um, then we won't because we're not going to play silly games with this guy this guy's all about silly games and he's all about bullshit and he's all about fake uh, you know he's all about bullshit he wants to talk about what he's doing now because he, he really can't defend stuff he's done in the past and he knows goddamn well he can't and so that's the whole bottom line. That's why he hung up. Couldn't have you just sent me the link without me, without hanging up? Of course he could have. Okay, let's see. He just responded. All right. My apologies. Looks like that link died. Here's another. Okay. So I'm going to give you the link. Okay. I guess that's my assumption. Hold on a second. Okay. To broadcast. By the way, I'd like him back. I'd like to have the uh, audio into the podcast world. I watch it. No, I got to get this guy's permission because I believe he's the type of guy that would sue if I didn't or try to get my stuff taken down. I don't know. I'm not going to find out. So, you know, he had the chance. He clearly had the chance to defend himself. I started out nice and easy with him. I didn't jump all over him. I tried to take it easy and ask him questions and get a, get a feel for what he, was, what he was about. And 
So when he when the interview started not to go in the direction he wanted to go, where he got to stroke his own ego and talk about what a great guy he was because he was catching predators, that's when he decided to hang up and disconnect. He didn't have to do that. That was his choice. Um, but it was he. That's what exactly what he does, and, that, and that's what I said before he left. It seems like since he was a, a young boy, he's and he's still. I mean, I'm 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 an old man. I'm, I'm almost fifty two years old. So to me, he's still a young boy, but. He's 20, you know, he's 24, but to me, he, hold on. Let me see what he says. You bet. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to give you the link. This thing better not be 30 minutes like the other, all the videos. No, if, it's, if it's 30 minutes, then we're just done and we're not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to send to your, the, the account, the, your junior account. Or do you want me to send it to the other one? Uh, send it to, it doesn't matter because I can just okay. send it. I'll send it to the other one. I'm just trying not to say your account's on here. Yeah. Okay, I can edit it out, but why? Why even? Why even go through all that? Let's see. If you've got it. I can just send it. At Predator DC. Okay. Well, this is seven minutes, so. Okay. Well, can we just play it? Yeah. Go ahead and play it. Okay. One second. Go back. Uh, trying to get away from the wing. At Predator DC, we're on a mission. We have young-looking adult decoys who take to the internet posing as underage teens. When sexual predators message the decoys who they believe to be underage teens looking... We chat with them. We research them and learn everything about them. We invite them to our sting house, rigged with dozens of hidden cameras. And then we bust them. Do you want to explain yourself? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? The young lady invited me. I. How what is the young lady's name? Claire. How old is Claire? She said. She said 16. She said 16. You're an engineer. You're a professional man. And you're getting naked to the point where you need a towel for a 16-year-old girl uh, in high school. school. Now, what kind of engineer are you? Civil engineer. Who do you work for? The state. State of Maryland. You work for the state of Maryland. What would the governor, what would Governor Larry Hogan think? Where'd you meet Claire? What site? News. Hinge. And what is Hinge for? It's a dating app. So you were looking to date? Yes. And you stumbled upon Claire? A yes. girl in high school. I was just planning to meet her. To meet a 16-year-old? To do what? Do business? I talk sports? Were you here to discuss the history of World War One, Or what was philosophy? Or what did you want? A nice uh, discussion? Want to talk about Shakespeare with her? What were you here to do? You are you going to take her to the ballet? Because he says he wants you to measure it, so measure, but you need him to be naked when you get back and ready to roll. It's out everywhere, but we want to be fair. Sir, are you a pedophile? Simple question: Are you a pedophile? You think you should continue as a banker? You, you, would you feel comfortable going to clients when they see all this all over television and the internet, and they're going to look at you and they're going to say, Scott? 
you went to have physical relations with a teenage girl and you're going to look at them in the eye and you're going to say, trust me with your money, trust me with your investment, I trust me with your home. I won't come your home for your granddaughter. So, so, you know, can, you, can you continue so, the thing? So she did tell me, because I had thought of canceling, and she said, you know, I've done a lot of research on what you do. I'm interested in what you do. I'm looking for an older guy you who know, can, can mentor me. At that point, she says, I'm 15. And yet, you continue down the road. I want to ask you about this message here. You say, I'd like to bring you a gift, like sexy lingerie or shoes. What? You have a family, brothers, sisters, aunts. What are they going to think of For a teenager. For a teenager. You also can use that. That, that was, I'm not going to deny the purpose of that was for. Um, this and drugs. Okay. And I brought wine, too. Why? How can this be any worse? How does this look to you? Uh, let me just run a story back. Top secret clearance to go to Afghanistan and help them with taxpayer money. That's what you did? Or was that your cover story? You're an operations officer, aren't you? I, I propose we go for a walk. Go for a walk? Yeah. Do you normally go on walks with 16-year-old girls? Yes. Just go to the basement. Get down there. Jesus Christ, no time for questions. Who was it? Do you know who was it? It was Sid. You're not a confused old man, Sid. Who did you, did you send pictures of your penis, Sid? Sid rep outside. He was coming back. I didn't know if he was going to start taking shots through the house with a revolver. Sid? So nice to see you. What are you doing here? Come here with this. Well, what are you doing here? What, what, why are you here today? We, Meeting him. You've come to our home. We want to know why you're here. No. We need to know why you're here, Mark. Did you come to have sex with an underage? No, to I just came to meet him. How about all the, the transcripts right here? You're talking in detail about he anal sex. He said he wasn't underage. No, no, he said no. he was 16. Do you think that it's okay to have sex with a 16-year-old boy? Well, I didn't boy. say I was going to have sex with him. When you, were gonna meet you work him. for the office of the comptroller? Mark, are you a pedophile? That's the question. Is Mark a pedophile? In the first season, we uncovered an epidemic of sexual predators in our nation's capital. Some brought condoms, others brought sex toys. One even brought his dog. These predators sought to victimize children, but instead, they met us. Right there for me. Go ahead and take a seat. Right there. Yeah, yeah you need to take a seat for me right there. Just going to ask you a question. We need to ask you a question. Asking some questions, just go ahead and take a seat there. You're free to do any work. I don't want to talk to you. Well, you have to. No, you're really driving. No, 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 nobody's driving. Nobody's driving. We just want to ask some You're free to leave, Jenny. Well, you need to know one thing. You need to know one thing. I'm Jacob Wall. That's Jack Berkman. And we're doing an investigation on older men who come to meet young women online for sex. The first season saw us take down a federal judge, a top financial a military analyst with a top-secret security clearance, two CIA officers, and many more. And now, we're back. How am I supposed to believe you're going to get me pregnant when you can't even show up for the first date? I'm going to show up for the first date. I'm going to get you pregnant, but you're only 16, right? Mm -hmm. The decoys are younger, the predators are older, and the stakes are higher. Coming soon on the second season of Predator DC. What is this in the bag? We have sex toys. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god.
Where's my clipboard? You said you're a great little spoon size friend, so he can spoon you tonight after you guys have sex. Oh, I never saw you come to our home tonight. We'd like to know why, and we'd like to hear your side of the story. Anastasia, focus. Eye of the tiger. I just watched, well, obviously we both just watched the whole clip. So, right. He's basically finding 16, which I, I think, actually, I'm going to go look up the huge consent in Maryland and Washington, D.C. Yeah, do that real quick before we, go, before we get back with him. Because, it, well, if the, but if, if the guy, if they talk to him sexually over, if they, whether it's, whether, the, whether regardless of what the age of consent is in those states, if, if these guys sent sexual messages to, uh, if these guys sent sexual messages to them online, that's illegal by itself. That's a felony. So, okay. yeah. So even if even if let's say that uh, the age of consent is sixteen in that in that state, it's still they still committed a felony by doing it online like that by by communicating. It's like it's like porn. You can't you, uh, you just because a girl the the laws are very strange. Uh, in many states, in most states, the age of consent is sixteen, but. Uh, if so, you can have sex with a girl at sixteen. But if you send her porn, or if you have her participate in porn, you're going to go to prison. So th- th- we have very convoluted laws in this country. Unfortunately, it doesn't make sense. They should be either eighteen's the adult, sixteen's the adult, or choose. It, it, this doesn't make sense. Okay, it looks like Jacob is back with us. Jacob Wall, are you back? Uh, I'm back. You're. Uh, I think. Okay. So uh, let me just make sure the mic is selected. May have, may have selected the wrong. Mike, this time around. Um, well, I can hear you nice and clear. Same thing as, as last okay. time. Okay, so. same as before. Okay, then it's yep. then, then it's working. So, um, sounds exactly. The yeah, same. you were mentioning. So you know, sometimes the decoys are, are 16, 15, 14. It depends on the particular guy, um, and the things take place in different places. These guys are from different places. So like Virginia is eighteen, um, right. and then you know some of them are crossing state lines and this that or the other. But um, every every one of them by the time they get to the sting house has committed several felonies in the form of, you know, lewd messages, pornography, right. requests and child pornography. Sometimes they brag to the teens that they've molested other children, uh, you know, all this kind of unthinkable stuff. So it's, um, and, and the other, so, so the other part is, you know, and, and not over the internet, that's the other part of it. So it's, it, it is convoluted to some degree uh, as far as, the laws go, but, but the other part is, you know, these are in many cases, lawyers, they're sophisticated people, judges and the like. And, um, right. and, and all of them act in a manner. They, they, they not only not acknowledge the age, but they acknowledge that they know it's illegal. Well, not to mention, not to mention the fact, even if, even if let's say for some reason, and this happened a lot of cases with uh, to catch a predator, even if for some reason at the end of the day they're not able to be criminally prosecuted, this exposes them to, to the world. Right. And then the sad part is, I guess it's not sad, it's good we know, but what it's sad to hear every time is that when these episodes go out and the guys are named and, and it gets through the community at a local level, what happens is that invariably an ex-wife reaches out, uh, a former babysitter, a you know, a, a, a social worker who was familiar with the case and it's never ever their first time. And usually 16 and 15 and 14, that's just the start of things. Right. 
I mean, that's just bizarre. Because you figure if you're 50, you're 56 years old, and it's even if you thought it was ambiguous, which they don't, but even if you did, what I mean, isn't 18 young enough? Because the thing is, you 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 can go to a college campus and just the, the variability in, in people's hormones and their development, whatever, you, you can find 18-year-old girls who look 24, you can find 18-year-old girls who look 12. Right. I mean, right. if that's your thing, you can do so legally. But the, the thing is that the the 16-year-old girl, the 15-year-old boy on that day when we bust them, that is always just what happened to be available that weekend for them. And it's just the, just the tip of the iceberg, almost gotcha. every case. So, so it, I, so, it, it sounds like a. Let me say this before before you jump in, Bert. It's it sounds like an interesting show. Uh, I'll definitely be interested in watching it. Um, and, and and it sounds like you're doing good work. Um, I'm a little bit little bit uh, put off by the fact that uh, Jack Berkman is is involved with you, but uh, it's it sounds like a good show. Sounds like you're doing good work. I will say uh, that I think that the two host thing it it lends itself to to a better interrogation. Obviously, you'll you'll have an opportunity if you want to to watch more and and, and see some of the interrogations at length. But sure. what what you will find is that we 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 have a very refined method for interrogating these guys. Some of them just run off. Some you have runners every time. A lot of them though sit down, and it, it comes down to the fact that it's you know they're, they're looking for one thing. Some of them are nervous. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them, it's just, they just stroll in and they have zero sign of being nervous or on guard or anything. And, and then we pop out. So they go into fight or flight is what is what's happening. Sure. And then, you know, it's essentially we very quickly, and it's, it's, it's a nuanced thing that we've, we've refined, you know, how to approach, where to approach from, do we approach from behind or in front or how many people do we send out initially? You really have to do this carefully. And, and you present them with a third option, which is fight, flight, or have a seat, here's a water, let's have a chat. And some of these interrogations, you know, time permitting last an hour, 45 minutes. And But having two interrogators is, is, I mean, that's the way it's done in police work almost exclusively. And there's a reason for it, because then you don't have the dead air of, let me flip through my transcript and find what I was looking for, because then the other guy can jump in with a question that he was wanting to ask. And, and just, just, just for the record, you, you, you gave us permission to play the, the, um, the yes. trailer on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just, and anything, and anything like else to, you like, want to, by the way, anything else you I, want I to like to sure. dot all my eyes and cross all my T's. So. Yeah, and, and anything else that you that you like from the show and, and you ever want to play, but um, it, it's it's a it's a strange phenomenon. We, we went into this and we thought. I had been playing this for two years and I, it, it, the problem was when I decided I wanted to do it, there was always another layer of the onion to peel as far as being able to do it as far as, okay, now we have to learn about hidden cameras. And for the third right. season, we really had the hidden cameras dialed in. Like we have 4k hidden cameras everywhere. And you know, when the cops would come out different shifts of cops throughout the day, um, we would say, let's plot, let's play uh, 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 Simon sees the hidden camera, you know, find the hidden camera. And, they couldn't find them. I mean, we have right. really refined this or, or encrypted comms within the house because obviously you can't holler between point A and point B or which day. Well, you can even put, uh, you can even put cameras in, uh, oh, you know, those little plugs that you plug in that for, you know, you can plug in for your iPhone. You plug yeah, you, 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 you can. The one issue that we, and that's what my instinct was initially are the pinhole cameras. The one problem with, when it comes to pinhole cameras though, is that if then you're talking about, okay, I want a pinhole camera, and I can network into it in real time and view it in a grid with other cameras and have right. it be totally reliable. You can't right. do it. And so eventually 
what we what we learned is, and we tried to use blink cameras and systems like this, but you can only view one camera at a time. And when it switches, there's a lot of latency and we're like, shit, you know, that's three seconds where something bad could happen and there's not footage of it. That would be really, really dangerous, you know, from a liability standpoint and, and otherwise. Um, so what we found is, no, we just have to have wired, you know, traditional power over ethernet uh, surveillance cameras and we have to find some way to hide them. And we've, we've gotten very crafty ways of doing that with uh, uh, one way, you know, mirrors and films and, uh, plants yeah. and moss and oh my gosh the, the so, so amount of moss up. that i've had to buy is unbelievable. yeah go, go ahead regular i'm sorry so uh watching it i i think the the ages of the girls that they were getting i guess uh you were using to lure them in i guess it was one was 15 which is obviously under the consent in any state and the other two were 16 and obviously i'm sure that you know and there's a boy who played both and the same girl will play both ages you know depending okay yeah. sometimes a 14 in a few cases yeah and obviously, even if if it's within the age of consent, I imagine they send particularly lewd things that would uh, constitute some sort of criminality, uh, pr yeah. very likely a felony. But have you ever caught or, or an actual pedophile where you were going under someone that's obviously prepubescent or is it kind of all been like? Well, a, here's here's the trouble with that. And I'd love to do that. But here's the problem. How do you find an adult decoy who meets all the other prerequisites? Yeah, you can't have to look nine. Right. Then you get into yeah. the world of do we find a a dwarf or you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean it gets work. you see and right. so it's already so hard who can look young enough to do that plus mem because these guys you have to understand that the sophisticated ones the ones who are lawyers and stuff they've gotten away with this for a long time and there's a reason and so now we have a consulting enterprise where we consult with law enforcement agencies and we teach them how to do a lot of these things um but but one of the issues comes down to you know in in the age of to catch a predator dateline uh you could basically go into two chat rooms, Yahoo and AOL. And you would say, Hey, I'm an underage teen guys would message. They'd want to call you on the landline to make sure you're real. They call on the landline and then they show up at the house. There's no front door. In some cases, it's like a curtain. And you say, I'm just doing some laundry. Come on in. That would never, ever work today. These guys right. want to FaceTime. They, you know, the girl says she goes to this school. They quiz her about what's the mascot. What are the colors? What are the, and they say, Oh, sorry. I just wanted to make sure you're not a cop. And then, you know, they go on and she has to have, um, we have high school IDs ready Just oh, show me your ID. Well, I don't have an ID driver's license yet. I have my high school ID. I can show you. I mean, you have to be eight steps ahead of these guys because they have been previously almost caught in stings, let's say that are put on by law enforcement, but they've learned, you know, you have to be crafty to get away with it. And so by the time they get in that home and, and they, sometimes they'll like, you know, they scope the neighborhood. A lot of these guys show up three, four hours early. They drive around a little bit. I mean, for the third season, we were on this kind of cul-de-sac because we wanted it to be so that they couldn't scope us out from their car without us seeing them and positively right. identifying them. I mean, but when they did that, it was unbelievable. This cul-de-sac is like a busy traffic road now with pedos. It was just unreal. And then you, you have the fact that the cards are just stacked against them in so many ways. By the time they get into that house, they don't stand a chance. And then we walk so, out we, and we don't have to Mirandize them to interrogate them. The cops do. You right. see, so now the cops can admit all that evidence. That's another benefit uh, of us doing this is that we don't have to Mirandize them. And we know all the tricks as far as getting them talking. I mean, all the interrogation tricks that you can imagine for eliciting information. Like you yeah. say something at them that's wrong and then they want to correct you or something like that. You know, so, so you, all you, of this being said, no, I, she, I thought she was 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah well, all, all, of the, all of this being said, I, I commend you for doing this. I really do. 
And uh, I, 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 I'm not joking when I say I'm probably going to watch the show. Check it out. Um, I used to watch The Catch the Predator, and so I'm sure I'll watch this. Uh, my question to you is, is now that you're doing something uh, like this that is, I can't see a downside to this. So now that you're doing this, Besides safety risks, there's a there's a downside. Well, well, but yeah. I'm saying there's no yeah. downside as far as you know. You're doing good things. You're, there's I can't imagine how this could turn into something bad. So my question to you is, are you done with the bullshit? That's my. That's really the. I mean, just the, just the, you know, take the the all the glitter off and just ask ask a honest, straightforward, harsh question. I mean, you're doing something good now. Can can you can you say that here and now that you're done with the bullshit? and that you're not going to shift back to your past behavior or is this just a is this just a you know a phase well we've done three seasons of this now and um it's been a huge success from the standpoint of catching the guys we weren't sure if we were going to catch two or 200 right and then season one arrives and it's like one after the next after the next to the point where we have to shoot one out the back door because there's another one at the front door sure i mean just unbelievable and so you know, looking back, it's like, man, I would have rather been doing Predator DC than anything else or, you know, this show than anything else I've done for the last five years. This is more for if nothing else, it's more fun. Right. Um, but there, there is the reality that to, to give you an example. I ask this because 2020, because the elections are coming up, the midterms, but even more importantly, the 2024 elections coming up. And well, so while we, while we talk about the DC predator thing that you're doing now, I think to myself, okay, this is great. I'm glad this guy's doing it. Jacob is doing an excellent job with this. Good for him. Good for the, the, the child, children's lives that he's saving. Good for the fact that he's putting away these, these perverted creeps. All this is wonderful. But is he, when it gets closer and closer to the 2024 election, is it going to be back to the, the, the political tricks? That's, that's my question. It's a very well, simple question. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I would say is, so I wish I would have been doing this show, let's say, rather than anything else for numerous reasons. And it, but what I ask myself is, is there another path that I could have taken that would have landed me with the capabilities, the resources, and the network to do this? as I'm doing it now, there well, might no, be, there's but, no I can't, but I can't imagine it because, because like, for example, the skills that I learned doing the fake FBI raid at 5 AM where I've got videographers and I've got Craigslist actors in the room. And I said, I've got to say, move, move, move. We got to, we got to get your FBI outfits on. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They think they're there for a TV show. You know, they think they're there right. to shoot CSI or something. They put on the FBI jackets. They're hauling the computers in out. They're doing what I say. I get rid of them by the time the sun comes up. That was experience that I garnered that if I, if I didn't have that, I couldn't do Predator DC, decidedly. Now, is there, is there some school you go to where they teach you to do that? I don't think so, because the fact is no one else is doing it to this extent. Like the, the old school sting operations, that the, the catcher predator model doesn't work anymore because the technology's new, FaceTime, things like we talked about that. So I don't know. So you say, do you regret it? Well, it, it landed me here. So do you regret it landing you here? No. And I think that on balance, my contributions have been very positive. I really do. I think, you know, between Predator DC, taking down Michael Avenatti, uh, bringing to the world the story that Ilhan Omar married her brother, and everybody called us nuts and conspiracy theorists, and then slowly they started to come around on it and, and acknowledge that it was true, uh, and, and a number of other things. 
I really don't have any regrets. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about the path I'm on now. And, well, setting uh, aside the past, forget about the past. The past, you know, there's no point in crying over spilt milk. What's done is done. Setting aside the past. I'm not asking you about the past. I'm not asking you to apologize for the past. You've done what you've done. You're the one that has to live with it, whether, whether it, you know, it benefits you or hurts you benefits uh the conservative movement or, or hurts the conservative movement whatever the case may be you know what is done is done so i'm not even focused on that right now my question to you is again are you going to get into the political bullshit again of of dirty tricks the, the only the thing future? i can the only thing i can imagine is that there's going to be situations that arise as they have sort of arisen already where we're going to bust people and um there could be political implications to some of the people we bust in Predator sure. DC. And, sure. and it's, it becomes a real, in some cases, just a, a practicality test, and in other cases, an ethics test. Um, as far as, well, this is a tight race, and we did bust this Republican. Do we release the episode before or after Election Day? For numerous reasons. Maybe it gets more press after Election Day. I mean, What's Jacob there, Wool's answer are, to that question? Well, our, our answer has been, and it just has to be this way, that we don't we don't pull any punches. And and the one the one we obviously we had to have certain elements of this cleared with with counsel as far as different laws concerning, you know, recording certain things. And well, it's our house, but where can we put the, you can, we can't put the cameras in the bathroom, obviously. So there's different things that we've had to go through with this. The one legal hole, and it's been the one thing that I've had to seal off on this show in a big way is, and I've had to tell this to, to every member of the cast and crew. I say, if, if, if any one of these guys ever reaches out to you, you cannot answer the phone. You cannot respond to the text. You cannot do that because it, it is almost certainly what they're, what they could is an extortion trap where they say, I'll pay you if you don't release it. Okay. And if you even, if you even say, um, that could be determined, that could be interpreted as, you were game for it and negotiating with them for a higher price. And now it becomes an extortion problem. That was the one thing. And so the hard part is, you know, many of these people are temporary employees. And, and so, yeah, to some degree, I'm not responsible for what they do three months after the shoot, but I still don't want problems, even if it's not my fault. And so that's been something I've had to be very strict about. And, you know, there's a guy right now, there's one of these guys right now who, um, is from season one, way back in season one, trying to, uh, you know, pay us or, or or sue us, but not sue us and pay us if we give him the footage and don't air it and all, all this stuff. And it's like, we have to be 100% just, the rule is we blast out there the news as soon as we get it, even if we can't possibly humanly uh, edit the episode that quickly, as soon as we know the identities, because some of them you don't know till after exactly who they are because they've shielded their number to such a degree. Uh, that you have to run their license plate or what have you. We put it out there as soon as, as we can from an ethical standpoint of getting it out there to the public. And then what we do is beyond that, we uh, we have to uh, just stick to our guns, publish everything as fast as we can, name and shame every single person. And, and we haven't pulled any punches. I mean, you know, we've busted Republicans, Democrats, independents, whites, blacks, Arabs. I mean, you, you name it. it there's no... And it's just the way you, it's just the only way I can see of doing it. And and other people would argue, well, it, it, sometimes you have to hold the story 
uh, I, I love talking to people like James, like James O'Keefe about this stuff because they have mental models about as you know, what might be described as, you know, publishers uh, rather than, than what I do a little bit different journalistic capacity. They have all kinds of mental models for when to publish stories, when to hold them, how long to wait. The journalistic ethics is its whole, it's a whole degree probably in college is what it should be is a whole degree. But the only way I can see to do it to where it's clean cut and we don't have to get into questions and, and paper trails is to just blow it all out there. Yeah. If, if I may kind of uh, watching the trailer of it and the really only qualm I have, and this is something you see on the right is that they call everyone a pedophile, especially when it's the case that uh, these are everything from I saw, it was either 15 or 16, obviously 15 is under the age of consent and all these people I'm sure consulting with lawyers, they did something sexual in the messages that, uh, is going to land them in big trouble. But the one qualm I have is that you prefaced it by saying we've, we've caught hundreds of pedophiles. And from what I've seen, you've caught uh, guys who were going after 15 and 16 year old girls who obviously have went through puberty and thus what they're doing is horrible, but they're not pedophiles. So would you want Scott Maxick coming over to meet your 15 year old daughter? No, no, of course not. No, that's the, that's the point, it, but it's not pedophilia. He's just being a bit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's your point of view. I mean, I'm. I, that's well, no, 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 Jacob. Let me explain. I, I, what he's, I'm not going to debate that. I mean, I, but, I got you, but let me explain to you what he's. I'm not going to that. So he and I both are a little bit pedantic. What he's saying is, is the pedophilia is prepubescent, which means you know basically 12 and under, and he's saying, I mean, he's saying that they're not pedophiles because the people that they're engaging with they're not are not 12 and under. Plenty of times they are. Like I said, usually that's just the start. And so, you know, for example, in Scott Mexic's case. Turns out that one summer uh, we learn he has over two uh, uh, Saudi exchange students over to his home, uh, age uh, 12 and 13 boys. Um, he, he basically is, he says, I'll watch them for the weekend or what have you. The boys are never seen again. And as you, as you may or may not know, I, I would say as you know, but as you may or may not know, in that culture, if a boy is raped, um, they beat or kill him. Yeah, of course. Very, very backwards, very different kind of place. Yeah, And so he knew very specifically based on his lots of, of worldly knowledge and experience, having operated in Afghanistan and other places, as he says in, our, in his interview with us, um, he knew that there wouldn't be blowback. The parents aren't going to call the cops, go searching for the boys. They have 17 kids um, or, you know, between the various wives there's 17 kids. If you're from Saudi Arabia and you're, you know, on visits to D.C., you're, you're extraordinarily wealthy. Um, and uh, so nobody knows what happened to those boys. Nobody knows it all, um, but uh, and I'm very confident in all of this, by the way, as verified through multiple sources, including a woman that he was dating at the time. So well, I'm, I'm just going to say the lit, disclaimer. Lit, I'm lit, just going to say, uh, well, let me just of course, say this, this isn't your story. It's mine. Of course. Yeah, Jake, Jacob, let me just say the disclaimer. I don't know the, the truth or falseness of this claim. I'm simply letting the guest speak. If it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not. I'm not saying this. Mr. Jacob Wall is saying this. I think that's right. I, th I right. just think that's sure. a good idea. Sure, of course. No offense. No um, offense to you. I'm just saying. I, no, I just, no, I no. I mean, need to say that. That's of course uh, that's standard. Um, so, in any event, um, that's what's going on, guys. I, I do have to run here though onto this call. Um, I do have to run, but um, anything else here? If, if we can, if we can wrap. Uh, any other things I, I can address? I, I think this is it. Unless unless brighter later has another question. Um. I guess just really quickly, and uh, you don't have to go that in depth. And I know this could be kind of contentious. Do you still have ties with Nick Fuentes? Um, I don't. I've never really had ties with him. 
I've done like a debate with him in, uh, in, um, I remember you doing a debate. That's I did a debate the... with him, several debates actually online, some online, some in person and, um, a number of, a number of others. So, uh, that's, you know, that's so. what I had to ask. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the last thing I'd like to say is, is that I'm glad you're doing the, the, uh, the predator thing in DC. I plan on watching it. Um, and it's good work. I, I just, my hope for the future for you is, is that you stay on the straight and narrow and don't go back to your old ways. If you stay doing good things like, like to catch a predator in DC and all the other things you're doing right now, that's wonderful. Uh, and I'll, I'll sing your praises from the mountain mountaintops. But if you don't, then, then, you know, it's, it's back to the shenanigans and I, I really hope it doesn't go that way. And so I, I hope, I hope, you know, my hope is, is that you do well and that you succeed and that, and then you don't go back to the other things. Well, uh, I, I appreciate your support and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, it's been uh, it's been contentious at times, this interview, but always uh, fun and respectful. And uh, yeah, I'd encourage people to check out Predator DC and just and just judge for themselves. Fair and enough. I think, that, I think they'll be very, very pleased with what they see. OK, Jacob Wald, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks so much. All the best. All yep. right. So that, how do you think that went? Uh, I thought it went to, I thought it was a very interesting interview. I thought it was going to go off the rails and then it uh, always seemed to come back. But uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't defend himself as much as he thought. He kind of conceded that he was pulling nonsense in the past. So uh, I don't know if that's just him being sincere or if it's a tactic to kind of take the sting out of, uh, you know, take the, the momentum away from the person questioning him. Uh, you know, it's hard to go after someone when they well, when they're conceding. Yeah, if if I can parse an argument or what I think he's trying to say is that, look, people like Michael Avenatti and uh, with the their conduit or they use kind of a conduit to use their bullshit. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Ford, I forget her name. They're basically just pulling tricks. and They're doing shifty stuff. And we're trying to expose this Me Too stuff. And I, I think at one point he said, I, I think I destroyed Me Too, which is to some extent kind of a grandiose claim. But uh Obviously, the context of that is I made so many bullshit stories that uh, got some validity that uh, that that showed that no one can be trusted. But the only problem I have with that argument, which I think he seems to be making, is that then he says stuff like, oh, well, the big tech media is totally against us. So it doesn't matter whatsoever we do, which I guess the question I have, if it doesn't matter, then why are you doing stuff like this? Exactly. Why pull your punches in the that, that's what I wanted to ask him. But uh, I unfortunately wasn't able to. And obviously the other thing I wanted to ask him, which uh, I, I guess he basically just catches these people, but he does understand that given that he's done stuff that uh, is seen as shifty or duplicitous, that uh, it can jeopardize a lot of the real stuff that he's trying yeah. to do. I don't yeah, think I, I try, I, you know what, right later, I tried to tell him that. And I don't know if he didn't understand or he didn't want to understand, but he damaged his credibility in the past. And I realized that those things are done and there's no way to undo them. It's just a shame that he's damaged his, his you know, possibly damaged, well, he's definitely damaged his credibility, but it's a shame that he might have damaged his good work that he's doing now. Uh, and I really, really hope. I don't see how his his show catching child sex predators, I just don't see how that's going to go bad. But if, if there's something going on that I don't know about and, uh, you know, it all turns out to be a scam or somewhat fraudulent, you know, there's actors involved or... If there's any kind of nonsense at all, I mean, man, that's 
that's that's that'd probably be the worst thing he's done yet. So I'm going to choose to think that he's not doing that. I, I'm going to watch the show. Uh, if I watch it and it doesn't come off as completely legitimate, we'll do another episode, and uh, it'll be it'll be another episode about about his show, and it's not going to be nice. I'm not going to be yeah. nearly as polite as I was this time. And not to I, the other thing I'd say, not to harp too much on this because I pretty much said everything I was going to say, and obviously this seems to fall on deaf ears. But these people love saying that everyone's a pedophile when obviously they could have done something lewd and likely illegal and certainly immoral, but. To, it's not pedophilia. And from what I've seen from him, as evidenced by his trailer, where the girls that uh, they were trying to solicit were 15 and 16, which obviously is not going to be prepubescent. I find that I I guess I can't say that that's really going to damage his credibility because so many no. people is going to view that as pedophilia. And I don't think he's trying to pull the wool over his eyes there. People just say it that way. And yeah, no, no offense to you, but I think you're I think you're being a bit pedantic. You're well, I pedantic. Let, let me just say, I, I think it's a. I don't think I'm being pedantic because I think this is legally this this makes a huge difference. But I understand from society's eyes where they really don't care. Maybe that's viewed as being pedantic. Yeah, yeah. Legally, I, I legally, 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 you're right. But but society wise, people see it as pedophilia no matter what. Yeah, I, I would say that unfortunately, I, I would say that uh, society regardless is going to uh, say what I'm doing is pedantic, which I think is a very unfortunate fact of, of our right. society, which I is, is what it is. But uh, yeah, obviously, you know what I'm saying there. I do. I do. And, uh, you know, the, the, I, I thought that it was going to turn into a huge argument. I'm glad it didn't. Um, my intention is not to turn it into a huge argument. My intention was is simply to ask him questions and give him the opportunity to give straightforward answers. Uh, a lot of times that it, from my, what I've seen, you know, look, doing research on this, he's not big on getting giving straightforward answers. And so he tried to do a little wiggling, a little worming out of certain things. But he, I think he gave more straightforward answers than I've seen him give in the past. And so, you know, I have to give him credit on that or me credit. I don't know <laughs> how you want to look at it. But uh, I, I, when he said, I'm going to send you a link and you can watch the trailer and then I'll call back in. I really didn't think that was going to happen. I thought he might send the link and just not call back or not even send the link. So I was I was surprised by that. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I realized he wanted to shift to what he was doing now because now what he's doing now is laudable. And what he did in the past is disgraceful. Uh, and I think he knows it's disgraceful, no matter what he says. But uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's water under the bridge. There's no changing it. Uh, I When I say to him that I hope that this is a new start for him and that all the political trickery and all the bullshit is over with, I truly mean that. Right. I truly mean that. Uh, but I, I have to admit, I'm skeptical, especially since he's he's still involved with jack berkman that's not that's not a good sign that's really not a good sign you know if you're going to give up bank robbery and uh you you find out that uh butch cassidy is still hanging out with the sundance kid it's it's not a good sign for the future that they're actually giving up bank robbery so it is what it is man so anyway i think we've pretty much wrapped it up i hope you enjoyed the interview um, and, uh, we did our best we could do to get some answers out of him. Obviously, you know, we, we didn't want, he didn't want to go a case by case, uh, and neither did I really, I wasn't going to go case by case. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, he said, well, she changed her mind. Yeah. She, she said that he, she said that he lied and that he told her to lie. And, and then he also, she also said that, uh, and she said it, she recorded the phone call between her 
him and Jack Berkman. And then they called in on a radio show and she told, said that he told her to lie again on that one. And then she said, well, somebody paid me, but I don't know who paid me. They came somewhere. She wouldn't even say where she could, they came somewhere and they paid me, but I don't know who they were. I mean, this, this is convoluted bullshit. Um, they, you know, she was obviously being pressured to, to, to recant and she didn't fully recant because I don't know, I guess she had some integrity and didn't want to do it. But anyway, in any case, this is all water under the bridge. I just want to, uh, you know, try to suss out a little bit if he's changed and, and, and what he's doing now. And I think we've accomplished that. Um, I'm highly skeptical that he's really changed, but I hope. Uh, Scammy Davis Jr., uh, a.k.a. Uh, Ali Alexander, a.k.a. Ali Akbar, is still a scam, scamming piece of shit. Uh, he's not doing anything that's, uh, that's, that's positive. And so at least he's doing better than Ali Alexander. All right. If you don't have anything else to say, I think we're going to wrap up the show with that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Again, this is your host, the conservative atheist, and with along with my co-host, Brighter Lighter, or Brighter, wow, Brighter Lighter, Brighter Later, uh, co-host and producer. We drop a podcast every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, in other words, Sunday into Monday at 12.01 a.m. Monday morning. So, you know, middle of the night. And they last anywhere from an hour to two hours to as much as three hours. And some of them are short. Some of the interviews are short. There's one particular one that's, I think, 40 minutes long. So there's a, there's one or two that are not as long. But most of them range anywhere from an hour to two hours to three hours. It all depends on the topic we're discussing. It all depends on the, the guest we're interviewing. Um, and we try to bring you the best topics and the best guests that people want to hear. And hopefully we've achieved that for you. Um, so, you know, leave a comment. If you enjoyed the, if you enjoyed it, if you hated it, it doesn't matter. Leave a comment, leave a positive comment, leave a negative comment. Tell me to go fuck myself. Tell me you love me. Tell me to create more podcasts. Tell me I, I stop podcasting, whatever the case may be. You love my voice. You hate my voice. I'm a genius. I'm a fool. Whatever, whatever you want to tell me, you tell me, but please leave a comment. We get a lot of people that are listening. We can't get hardly anybody that will comment, which is unfortunate. So leave a comment. That's the that's the message for today. Um, we have some really good interviews coming up, and I think you're really going to enjoy them. And uh, we just did a really good interview today, in my opinion. All right, uh, we do have some Saturday episodes coming up, but I'm gonna I'm not sure when they're going to drop. They might drop this coming Saturday, one of them, or we we might wait a week or so to drop them. It all depends. There's some things I have to work out. Um, basically, it's just morons. Uh, pontificating on things. I have no idea what they're talking about, but it should be a good laugh for everybody. All right. Uh, now, so this is the end of the show, folks, but I have to tell you, before you go to sleep tonight, when you're laying in your bed and you're in the dark and you're staring up at the ceiling and you're starting to drift off into dreamland, I want you to say this mantra. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 And if you do that, in the morning when you wake up, you're going to feel refreshed. You're going to feel like a new person. The air is going to feel crisp. The sun is going to shine brighter. The birds are going to sing your name. 
and the flowers are going to smell sweeter and all will be right with the world. And if it's not, it means you're a knuckleheaded jackass that's not listening to enough conservative atheists. And so you need to listen to more. You need to subscribe. You need to leave feedback and you need to listen to every single episode because nobody wants to be a knucklehead. Although some of us don't have a choice. That being said, we'll catch you next time. Take care.